Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. One of the joys of, of Christmas morning is waking up and seeing presents wrapped under that Christmas tree. And what makes that a special moment is the surprise factor that, that is wrapped up in each one of these gifts flows out of this reality. And this, what we know that when love goes to looking, when love goes to filling up a box, when love goes to wrapping up a present, surprise is coming, good days are coming, right kids? When love goes to wrapping up that present, oh man, we open that up and there's joy that happens often. And what I love about even as a big kid, the joy that we see Christmas morning as gifts are unwrapped is a joy that hints to, points to the joy that we will experience as the love of loves, the giver of all good gifts, continues to wrap for us day by day. Um, gifts of love. But it also uh, makes it a, a special moment as we um, celebrate today. And I was thinking before we open up the, uh, the text that we're going to get into today, it'd be fun to have just reflect on that gift-giving moment that may have happened in your home this morning and share a gift. Is there, does anyone want to just shout out, there's a gift I want to share. Kids, you can shout it out. Or we have a mic up here if you want to come up and tell us about it. We have a minute or two. But uh, anyone want to share? Hey, and we're all family here. It's, it's family. Chris, we're gathered us. We're in the living room just hanging out. So anybody want to share a gift? Kids? Yes, we have one in the back. Thank you. Calvin, you want to come up and share? Okay. Hey, while Calvin's coming, does another kid want to come on up? Or a big kid? Cooper? Okay, good. Grandma, Grandpa? All right. Hey. These guys will hold it down for us then. Are we going to, where's Molly at? I feel like Molly should come up too and share. <laughs> All right, Calvin, let us have it. A basketball goal. A basketball goal? Oh, baby, that's big. Now, and you're, you play basketball this year? Yeah. All right, which team? Um, Danville. Danville, all right. So if you want to see Calvin practice in and see the, the, uh, all the effects of his practice, Danville basketball. All right, this is Cooper, Calvin's brother. What'd you get, toy Cooper? Sonic. What was that? Toy Sonic. A toy Sonic. Mm-hmm. All right, kids. Great one, old oh, oh, Emerson. Hey, honey, what'd you get for Christmas? What'd you open today? <laughs> was it was it one of these bikes that it's like the uh, where you don't need pedals? These are the coolest things. You are gonna love this, Emerson. Right on, little lady. All right. <laughs> All right, buddy. Let, what what was it? A basketball. A basketball. All right. Hey, good. 
This just does a Hoosier's heart well to hear basketball goal in a basketball. All right, well, thanks. I, I'll share one. Um, I did not see this coming, guys. This showed up under the tree for me. This looks like an ordinary nice shirt. Not so. This is battle gear. This is, right now, one of my pursuits is to defeat, destroy, to conquer the game of golf. My daughter went out, found a shirt I would have never bought. I buy my golf shirts 15 bucks at Kohl's. This is a brand I had never heard of, but one of the elite brands. You hold this shirt, and it's, it just makes you feel good looking at it. So I, I may still hit it in the woods, but I'm going to look good doing it. And it, it breathes. It has this air of, of just iron confidence to the soul. It's, man, this shirt moves out every other shirt in my closet. This one is, is in first place. And, and there's a story behind this shirt that we'll get to at the end. But, uh, but right now, we're going to continue the gift-giving moment. But rather than thinking about what we um, have received, what can we give the one who has given us so much today? And to think about giving to our God the worship that he deserves. It raises that question, what, what do you give the one who has it all, the giver of all good gifts? And sometimes we feel that in our human relationships. Matthew uh, meets us in that moment with that question and says, I've got you, I've got you. And he takes this uh, second chapter, um, this is core to really Matthew's gospel. First he tells us about the birth of Christ, and then he um, leads us to this moment. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, I'll read, we'll read this, uh, I'll, I'll commentate or give us some context as we go. And then we'll reflect on it, we'll ask the question, what just happened? And then we'll receive a gift that we can offer to our Lord. And so it reads this way, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. So remember, you have Jerusalem, about five miles south, you have Bethlehem. Bethlehem has all kinds of uh, significance and symbolism. We know this was the town of David, and Jesus would be a a king in the line of David. We knew that uh, it's neat to think... uh, Bethlehem was where they, scholars feel, raised the, the lambs that would be sacrificed on behalf of the people in Jerusalem. And uh, Jesus, we know the Lamb of God and, and other significance, that means the house of bread, Jesus, the bread of life. But he was born here in Bethlehem during the time of King Herod. Quick side note on King Herod. This is Herod the Great, did lots of good things for, for uh, the people of Jerusalem. He was put in charge, though, by Rome because he was so ruthless. He was held power for quite a while in that he would, you messed with him, he would immediately, uh, it was actually, he wouldn't fire you, he would, you were dead. He killed actually his uh, wife, murdered his, uh, three of his sons, his mother-in-law, and just pretty ruthless guy. He was insanely suspicious of anyone coming after his power, which adds to this moment is we see these magi, we don't know a lot about the magi, we, we know they were probably religious leaders from uh, Persia, Babylon, area, but they come from the east, they came from the east to Jerusalem, and they asked, where is this one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Well, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and I'm guessing that's an understatement when you think about, okay, one thing you don't tell him is, where's the other king in the land, and all Jerusalem with him, because when Herod is disturbed, it's going to be a mess. Verse 4, 
When he had called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. So he gathers the scholars, and and where is this to be? In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what is written, what the prophet has written. We know they're quoting Micah chapter 5 verse 2, where it reads, but you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd his people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly. So his, he's gathering his, uh, his spies, if you will, or his secret intelligence. And he, he found out from them the exact time the star w- appeared. So what's he doing here? And we see his motive, really. But he's trying to get a, where do I put the crosshairs? What, how old is this kid? And so, uh, and then he sent them to Bethlehem, and he said in verse 8, Go and search carefully for, this ch- for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had, they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And you just love this picture of um, these wise men. It's full of joy as God leads them um, through his creation. Verse 11, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down. The text is literally fell down and worshiped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their, their country by another route, and the, the story goes on, we'll, we'll pause or we'll, we'll stop for today here. But what just happened is, is we watch this play out and as Matthew places this moment in, right here at the start of his gospel, what just happened? So you, you stop and think about the, the big idea of this text is this, God led Magi to worship Jesus, simply. But, but what, what's going on here, big picture? What's happening? It's a call to worship, right? Right here at the start, it's the simple, this is just a call of worship. The, the God of the universe orchestrating his universe, the star, it's a universal call to worship. It's for anyone who, who I'm sure many could see the star, but these men understand, and he's inviting them to come worship the Christ, the King of Kings. I love this picture of just God really think, what's the big picture of life? And, and I believe here, right at the start of Matthew's gospel, he is inviting us as well. Come worship the King. This is the why, isn't it, of life? It's to kneel before Christ and, and to worship him to treasure him above all else. And this is, it's interesting, it's not only a universal call to worship, it's an international call to worship. Who are these magi? We know they're Gentiles that God has chosen to lead in worship of Christ. It's, you see the, the picture of, of him being the king of all nations in this moment. But what just happened, the magi's gift to us is the simple message, come worship the king. But not only do these magi invite us to worship, they, as they move into worship and as they worship, they give us a path to follow this Christmas morning as we seek to, to worship our King and, and give Him a gift that, that will be pleasing to Him. 
And there are three truths that we see as, as we watch this moment play out that equip us and, and lead us to worship our Lord. The first one is, He is worthy of our pursuit. As you think about these magi making the, the trek from the east, and probably Babylon scholars have estimated that this trip that they took took 30 days, so you can imagine a month to get there, to get to Jerusalem. I'm sure they spent probably a week in Jerusalem and then 30 days home. We, I, I struggle with a three-hour trip. <laughs> that feels long. And these men, can you imagine? And the, the classic scene that, that I would invite you to, to see is that silhouette of the three wise men on their camels. Now, we know, Matt, we know there was more than one wise man, one magi. We, we don't know for sure how many there were, probably far more than three if you're carrying all this treasure. You want to have some bodyguards and entourage as it's a dangerous journey. But, but what we do know is it's a long journey. It was a, a pursuit. It took some determination, some think, okay, they're going to have to sleep out in the cold, in the dark, wake up, go again, wake up, go again, wake up, go again. They're going into a country that's unfamiliar, unfamiliar food, different language, different culture, different customs, and they're giving lots of time to do it. It's going to be an expense. One of my favorite uh, vacation quotes that just sticks, bit of wisdom is, half the clothes, twice the money, half the clothes, twice the money, right? When you go on vacation, take half the clothes, twice the money. These guys were spending money to make this pursuit. The pursuit is on, though. They're not going to stop. These men are not going to be stopped by the the challenges of the journey. You you can feel just this steel determination in their soul that we are going to what? Matthew tells us, worship the king of the Jews. When we lived in Milwaukee, we had Christmas tradition. We would pack up the car with everything that we needed to make the journey down here to be with family right after the Christmas Eve service. So we'd pack it up, go to the Christmas Eve service, and as soon as it was over, we're diving in this car, we're making that five-hour trek down through Chicago, through the flatlands of Indiana, and to home sweet home, and to family. And one particular uh, trip down is is memorable in that when we got to, and it was so good because Christmas Eve, if you're out traveling on Christmas Eve, there's nobody on the road. You crank up the Christmas tunes and sing Joy to the World, and you're just cruising kids are sleeping hopefully but this time we were on the south side of Chicago and snow just was piling on us it was the kind of snow that you have, you have to slow down to and by the time we hit south side Chicago three or four inches were on the road and you couldn't even see the tracks of cars that had gone before it was like it was now your road and you're just trying to you're creating your own lane down at 45 miles an hour just keeping it in the middle uh, type of deal but we were on a journey our pursuit was home and we were not stopping until we caught word that there were state policemen were saying, stay off 65, it's drifting and, and they're going to shut down parts of it. So we had to tap out and uh, get, pick up a hotel in Maryville. And I remember when we pulled into that hotel being so grateful for safety and for a warm place to, to sleep with the family, but there was a restlessness in our souls. We're not done traveling. We're on a journey. We're pursuing As we come to to worship our Lord today, He is worthy of our pursuit. Amen? He is worthy of our pursuit. And may our souls stay restless. May they journey on and may this life be a journey into knowing Him a little better. 
that today I want to know him better than I knew him yesterday. I want to walk a little more closely with him. You hear Paul, you hear it in in, uh, Philippians chapter 3, I want to know Christ to share in the fellowship of his sufferings even. He says, I'm forgetting what is behind, I'm pressing on towards what, what is ahead to take hold of the prize for which I have Christ has taken hold of me. The prize is what? It's knowing God. It's to be able to wake up in the morning and know, okay, of all the things I'm chasing, you know, and we, the, the pursuits of life are fun and good and in the right place, they're, they're wonderful. They're means of worship. But of all the things we chase when we wake up in the morning, what's the greatest by far? And it is to know Jesus Christ better, isn't it? He is worthy of our pursuit. And so this Christmas, I, I just invite you and even in this moment, just to reaffirm that to the Lord, just tell him, Lord, I, I know I'm chasing a lot of things, but I just want you to know you're first, your priority, you are my passion. As I pursue these other things, I'm, I want to walk with you in that, and I want nothing else to take that first place, that first pursuit. You are my one thing. As the psalmist writes in Psalm 27, 4, one thing I ask of you, Lord, this only do I seek. I might dwell in your house, in your presence, to gaze on the beauty of who you are. I'm road tripping, you know? So you think about the Christmas story of these magi, see them on their journey, pursuing, and um, we're not stopping until we're in his presence. The next truth that emerges that helps us as we seek to give a gift worthy of our Lord is that he is worthy of our praise. We see this in as we, they arrive at the house, notice it's the house. And this is where we get a little clue that, that debunks one of the many of our nativity sets, which um, it's still good. You can put your, the, wise, the three wise men at the manger scene, but actually they weren't at the manger, were they? Here, here we see they're at a house. So this is sometime later in the development and, and life of Christ. Probably scholars go anywhere from four, to, four months to two years later. They show up. At the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. He is worthy of our praise. Think about their posture of worship as we just relive this moment and see these wise men. They fall on their knees in humble, reverent worship. As we see these men fall on their knees, what's fascinating is how little they know about this king that they worship. They don't know a lot, and yet with the revelation that God has given them, they offer him humble, devoted worship. Then I think about us, where we are today, this Christmas, 2022, how much more we know than they knew, and how much more reason do we have? We saw him live the perfect life for us take our sin to the cross, die in our place, be raised again, ascend to heaven. We hold the promises of his coming and, and we have experienced um, this life with him, the gift of the Holy Spirit. How much more reason do we have this morning, Christmas 2022, than, than what these men had these many years ago? So it's here God is inviting us through these magi into the great purpose of life. And with the best of our ability to kneel in his presence and worship. Say, what is worship? And worship is, I love the way John Piper says it, it's gladly reflecting back to God the radiance of his worth. The joy in this moment, you know, as they're so excited to worship the king. It's the, uh, love the, the picture. We, 
as a church have three postures of worship. There's the wow of adoration as we just think about who he is and all that he's done. There's the, the gratitude of thank you, Lord, for, for loving me and the personal gifts that he's given us. And then there's the surrender of this one's for you and my life is yours and, and we follow him with the sacrament of, of living. But the king in, this king in Bethlehem is worthy of our praise. What's fascinating about this worship moment is not only who is there in these foreigners leading this time of worship, but who isn't there, you know? Like, where is King Herod? Um, Why doesn't he show up and and worship? And and side note, isn't it cool God's grace to this king sending these men to him to hopefully open his eyes to, to what he's doing in the world? Where are the religious leaders, the the priests of the day? Why don't they follow these wise men to the house in Bethlehem? And then where are the locals, the people who are living around? Why aren't they offering gifts to Jesus, the neighbors next door? And I think as we reflect on this, it's a vivid reminder to us that the call to worship Christ confronts our pride, doesn't it? Why doesn't Herod show up? He's the king. It would mean he would have to let go of his power, and he's not going to do that. We face the same reality, don't we? As we kneel before Christ, there's a temptation to to remain the sovereign of our lives, to want to control our life, but worship demands that we surrender. Where is that? Why aren't the chief priests there and the religious leaders who knew the prophecies? It would mean they had to admit they failed, (laughs) to see the Messiah when he showed up and a bunch of foreign Gentiles were showing them the way. It hit their pride and would mean they possibly affect their position. And then why aren't the the locals there? We don't know for sure, but I'm guessing it is this Messiah isn't quite the Messiah they were looking for, one who is humble and um, not impressive on the outward in any way. They're like, this is not what we had in mind. But when we see this little band of uh, worshipers, foreign worshipers kneeling before Christ, the question that comes to my mind is, if you were one of these magi, what, what would you be thinking as you show up at the house? The star stops at the house. You might, I might be thinking, is this it? And where's everybody? If he's king of the Jews, and I'm in Jerusalem and in Israel, why isn't anyone else worshiping? Will the fact that they are a social minority quiet their praise? And that's something that lately I've been, actually I was reading through Matthew this week, and one of the gifts of Matthew is his teaching. He gets to the end, and Jesus tells us about the end times, and he says, in the end times, because of the wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. And I don't know about you, but that I think that's a very, it haunts me, it's a stern warning, and as a leader in our church, it it makes me say, I don't know if we're in the end times, we know Christ could come any moment, but there will be an increase of wickedness, and the the love in your heart and my heart will fill the the cold breezes of this world, and it it will be tempted to flicker out, to which I say, we must stoke our affections for Christ. It's why we gather together, and even on this Sunday morning, When we gather together, it stokes our love for him, doesn't it? And don't you love the the fact that when God called these first worshipers, he called a group of people together. And they were small. 
But as they gathered there in that house, I just see this little house in all of Jerusalem and all of in all of Israel, in all of the world, worshiping Jesus, is he worthy of that worship? And will the fact that they are small quiet their worship? But what do we know? They are not a minority. Because in this moment, all of heaven worships. And time-lapse this moment, every knee in heaven and on earth will one day join this worship, bow to this King of Kings. And may you and I Hold this as well. In those moments, young people, when you're at school and it feels like, man, I'm all alone in following Jesus. Um, to my, those of you who are out in the working world and, and everybody's chasing the gods of this world and you're seeking to chase Christ and you're feeling alone, give him your worship. He is worthy of that. Let not the fact that we are small in our number quiet our praise. Amen? Amen. May we offer him the praise that he deserves. So today... During your, uh, the rest of this Christmas, what if each one of us slip away in our context, in the house that we're at, to a quiet place? And you may be like, I don't know where that's going to be. Maybe the garage. Does the bathroom work? Yeah, if you want to, that can work. It's the throne room. <laughs> but slip away to a quiet place and actually get on our knees and just praise our Lord. Thank Him for who He is. Thank him for what he's done for us on the cross. And then thank him for what he will do. And just offer up a, your own um, moment of worship, moment of praise. If you have time, I encourage you to grab Matthew actually and just page through his teaching and, and thank him for this teaching that works in life and leads us into life at its best. And um, reflect on the cross and what he's done for us there. And then reflect on his resurrection and just the hope that we have in him and then the third truth is we uh, he is worthy of our pursuit he is worthy of our praise but the third truth we see in this moment is that he is worthy of our prize there in verse 11 again it says they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold of frankincense and of myrrh picture these men carrying this treasure all this way, and it was for this moment, to give them a prize. And we know these, each of these gifts are valuable. They, it, this is a cost that they gave, but, but they're significant in that the first gift they present is gold. This is the gift that you would give a king. And it's, it's this wealth, and it's fitting for him, and he is worthy of the material gifts that we, we offer to him. Think about this just shining a spotlight on this is the king. He is the king we long for, isn't he? The king of kings, the lord of lords, not only the king of Israel, but the king of, of, uh, of, all, of all of heaven, all of earth, and he is worthy of our prize. Second gift they offer him is frankincense. This is the gift that you would give to a priest, and it was to be used as um, in worship. It was an incense that was valuable, a, a, a sweet smell. And we know here it's significant in that Jesus was, he came to be our high priest, the great high priest. We say, what is a priest? And, and that word priest, it's Latin, it means bridge builder. It's that idea that he is the bridge between, a priest was a bridge between sinful humanity and a holy God. And he would come bringing a sacrifice. And what makes Jesus unique is that he is not a priest who would live and then die, but he is a priest who is eternal. And uh, a priest who he be, himself became our sacrifice through his life and then his um, sacrifice on the cross as he gave his blood 
as an atoning sacrifice for us. He is worthy of our prize. And then the third gift is that of myrrh. And this was a gift that you would give to uh, someone for their burial. It was symbolic that even at his birth, Jesus came with a purpose, and that was to die for you and for me on the cross. And this is just a, a precious reminder of, of um, our king is not like the other kings of this world who used their power to elevate themselves, but he used his power to um, end oppression and to lift us up, to bless us. And it says, uh, where he says, I have come not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Jesus Christ, this child that these magi worship, he is our king. He is our great high priest, and he is our savior. And he is worthy of our worship today, isn't he? As we watch the magi open their treasures here, it does, and I encourage you to, as you reflect on this text, what can we give him? That, that would bring joy to his heart. You think, what's the treasure that God's placed into your hands today? What's the prize? Of all the things that you prize, of all the things that you treasure, what is it today that, that you would say, this is the prize? And then what would it look like for you to offer that to him? Maybe just releasing it, saying, Lord, it's all yours. It Maybe a literal giving of that thing. But then another neat question to think about is what would bring joy to him today that would be personally from you, that you could give that would be um, warm his heart? Maybe a, uh, a material thing. It may be as you bring an offering of worship. It may be as you surrender your life and, and uh, take up your cross and serve a person around you. We know what, what matters most to him. He said, love me with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. And the way we do that is loving the people around us. And this Christmas, who is the person he's placed in your path that perhaps you can just love them in a way that, that would just bring joy to the heart of our Father. So back to the, the, the sweet shirt and uh, how Jesse found this. So she is out shopping like she, and she's a great shopper by the way she she um i ask her about styles before i ever buy anything for myself so i'm sure she had good shirts picked out but she was on her way to the checkout with a couple good golf shirts for me when she, who did she bump into but matt stewart and if you know matt he's a he's a good friend of, of mine he goes to our, our church family here but he's an avid golfer fellow golfer and so jesse being a, a really good shopper it's a chasing humility moment. She asked Matt. She said, hey, I'm shopping for my dad. What do you think of these shirts that I picked out? And Matt, as tactfully as possible, said, we can do better. And Matt was kind enough, and Jesse was humble enough to go back into the store and go to shopping. And man, they went after this shirt, that shirt. And finally, with Matt's help, landed on this shirt. I was thinking about that story and this message, and I'm like, no way. Today, who did we just run into? Another Matt. Matthew. And in this season, we're running around, shopping for everybody, and, and seeking to offer God a praise. But we, we come to Matthew, and we say, hey, 
how's my, how's my gift for the king? And Matthew looks at us and says, hey, it's okay, but you can do better. Let me tell you about some magi. And watch these men. Look at their pursuit, the passion with which they pursue the Christ child. And look at their praise falling on their knees. And look at the prize that they gave him. Now, go do likewise. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this gift through Matthew, you leading him to give us a window into this worship moment where you call all of creation through the star, these magi from a distant land reminding us that you came pursuing all people of all nations to come kneel at the, in the presence of the King of Kings. And today, you invite us to do the same. Father, I thank you for this gift, this moment in time, Christmas 2022, where we gather with our brothers and sisters and in a cold world, in a cold, on a cold day, but we fix our eyes on the day that we will join all of heaven and all of earth surrounding your throne, falling before you, singing worthy, worthy is the lamb who is slain. So, Father, in these moments, we offer you our worship. We love you, praise you, we glorify you, we magnify your name, King of kings and Lord of lords. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.